You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so glad you could be with me. The Law of Attraction community had a great loss this week. Mr. Bob Proctor walked through that veil to the other side on February 4th, 2022, at the age of 87, and he again put Law of Attraction subject matter back into the mainstream. So I decided who better to talk about this amazing man than the person who knew Bob Proctor personally, Dr. Joe Vitale. I sent Joe an email and I said, let's do a tribute. And he said, when and where? He was ready to record in record time. And I think you're going to understand some really special things about Mr. Bob Proctor as well as Dr. Joe Vitale. It's all about the consistent use of inner programming, which I think is essential to fully incorporating the law of attraction into your life. As I am sure you have noticed, the law of attraction needs to be placed in people's lives consistently, every hour of every day. It's not something that you can tune into once a week or every other day. It's something that needs to be practiced and lived in every moment. And I believe this is what made Bob Proctor and Dr. Joe Vitale such superstars. They simply canceled out their childhood teachings of victimhood and stood strong in the belief that they are incredible creators of their lives. They had the ability to think their way into success by living their intention. And this is the secret living in your intention. You simply cannot create a reality that you want until you bring the feeling of it into your life to materialize because it has a lot to do with how you feel about yourself. For instance, if your car is out of gas and you're out of money and you get back into your car and you sit there and wait, well, is that an answer? No because it doesn't involve action. But if you run out of gas and are out of money and you get back into your car and you start visualizing a rescue and begin feeling joy of the outcome, then you have proceeded with your action plan. Change your thoughts, change your life. Get it? The law of attraction is based on the belief that positive thoughts can influence reality. And the reason that it is so advocated is, well, what feels better, a positive thought or a negative thought? You have the choice in how you want to feel. But let me be clear also that sometimes you have to get to that point where the frustration is so painful that crying will help you to wash away those feelings of pain and frustration out of your body in order to clear your vibration. This just shows that the human body is a law of attraction body. Your body recognizes the need to clean those negative emotions out of your body. 
negative emotions are extremely detrimental to your health and well-being. It's just not creating things. It's extremely detrimental to everything about you. So let me make you think a little bit here. How do you feel about yourself? Do you think you're smart? Do you think you're a great friend to others? Are you a person that you want to be around? Are you inspiring? Or even better, do you want to inspire others? Do you want to be calm and evenly mannered? Do you want to laugh and sing and and cheer the praises of others? Well, questioning these things is a start to getting to know you in order for you to know exactly what you want to create. If you begin to look at successful people, you'll begin to see what makes them tick and what makes their life successful. And that is why we praise people like Bob Proctor and Dr. Joe Vitale. They know who they are and they know what they are not. They are successful because they created their success by knowing that they are responsible for themselves. They know the secret. So let me give you a little background on Bob Proctor. He was a high school dropout and had a great difficulty finding jobs. It was unclear what his future would be like. Well, hey, Proctor was like so many of us. He had low self-esteem and lacked desire when he was young, dropping out of Danforth Tech after sustaining a thumb injury from a bandsaw and having no goals for the future. At the age of 26, Proctor finally was working in the fire department in Toronto when he met a man who gave him the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which, by the way, was the first book he had ever completed. Soon after, his life began to alter as a result of the book's influence to assist paying off debts. He started cleaning floors and earning money. Then Proctor went on to launch a cleaning service firm, which he claims made him over $100,000 in the first year, despite having no formal education or business experience. Now, if you really think about it, look back to those days. $100,000 was more like a million dollars. Soon Proctor decided to join Nightingale Conant from where he received first-hand tutoring by the infamous Earl Nightingale. (laughs) Yes, I would say he learned from the best. Bob Proctor's goal was for his readers and audience to delve into their inner self. He said that the inner self is in charge of everything that happens in their lives and that a negative self-image or a terrible paradigm and programming will result in poor results even if they had sufficient training and education. His work focused on personal growth and making individuals aware of the underlying rules of the universe rather than the academic instruction, which he said actually 
did a lot of harm. Proctor realized that everything in the cosmos vibrates and comparable vibrations attract to each other. He said that the mind and body vibrate and that because humans can control their ideas and hence their vibrations, they can affect the outcome and that there is nothing in a person's life that the law of attraction cannot change. According to Proctor, even a recession is the consequence of excessive media negativity, which attracts recession to the economy. Despite his many incredible and positive writings, Bob Proctor was criticized for posing a danger to individuals by implying that just thinking something repeatedly over time can manifest into reality whether it was for wealth or health or even well-being while many specialists feel that positive thinking may be preferred over physical therapy or medical assistance and i say damn right negative thoughts create illness and weakness that has been now proven scientifically. So Bob Proctor was right. So was Earl Nightingale. So even though he was criticized, it did not stop Proctor. It actually made him zero in on the message, we are what we think. You and I and all those listening should realize that we learned so much from this great man so I just want you to sit back, relax, and tune in to what Dr. Joe Vitale has to say about his friend, Mr. Bob Proctor. We'll be right back with Joe right after these words. It's here. It's hot. And it's a must-read. It's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. 
heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Be sure to sign up for your monthly updates and get all the latest information on LOA radio events such as cruises, workshops, and seminars, as well as information on the latest shows, topics, and guests. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. Well, welcome back, Dr. Joe Vitale, one of my favorite all-time guests. I know you know that. And today, I want to do a bit of a tribute to our friend Bob Proctor, who I didn't know, but I feel like I've known him all my life. He influenced everything about the law of attraction. He's just fascinating. And you knew him personally. Yes, uh, I knew him personally, was on stages with him together, and he redirected the course of my life by influencing me way back in a a big way back in 1999. And I can tell the story if you'd like to hear it. I would love it. Okay. Um, I had left homelessness and was going through poverty and was clawing my way out and slowly getting published and slowly making a name for myself. And people were beginning to notice me as an internet marketer, as a copywriter, as a publicist. I had a couple books out and by the mid 1990s, I was published by the American Management Association, American Marketing Association, and my first audio program with Nightingale Conant had come out. And people noticed me and one of the people who noticed me was Bob Proctor. And he contacted me, I was living in Houston, it was probably 98 or 99. And he invited me to attend his Science of Getting Rich seminar, which was in Denver. And I couldn't say no, I already knew that he was a legend. He was like the Napoleon Hill of our time. And he was doing something I was fascinated in, the science of getting rich. And he was bringing in crowds. So I got on a plane and flew there. And I thought because he was giving me the gift of meeting him and the gift of his event, I should give him something. And I had a little booklet that I never published, never intended to publish. It was called Spiritual Marketing. And anybody who knows me in my career will be nodding their head going, oh, I know that book and I know the story. Well, Spiritual Marketing was just a pamphlet at that point. I had written it for my sister, didn't intend to sell it. I would give it to somebody if I ever felt intuitively inclined to do so. So I gave Bob Proctor a copy of Spiritual Marketing, thinking nothing of it. Well, that was the turning point. He not only read the book, but he said he wanted to publish the book. He wanted to record the book. And he stood on stage in front of his 250 attendees or 300 attendees and said, We have a celebrity in the audience. I wasn't really a celebrity, but he was being flattering. He said, Joe Vitale is here, and he just gave me his latest book. It's called Spiritual Marketing. It's not published yet, but you're all going to want it. I was red-faced embarrassed. (laughs) I, I never intended to publish the book. I did not want to go public with the spiritual woo-woo metaphysical side of me, not at that time. I was afraid. I was afraid of what people would think. And here's Bob Proctor putting, putting my feet in the fire. And the real turning point came when most of that crowd, like 200 and some people mobbed me and they wanted the book. 
And I said, the book doesn't exist. <laughs> there is no book. There's like a copy and Bob has it. And there was a publisher there and the publisher came up and said, I'll publish the book. And I said, you haven't seen the book. You don't know if it's any good. He said, Bob Proctor likes it. Bob Proctor read it. Bob Proctor wants to publish it. I'll publish it. Long story short, the book was published. It was an early print-on-demand book by a small publisher. It became my first Amazon bestseller without really trying, but because of Bob Proctor's endorsement and people talking about it and kind of a catchy title, it crawled up and climbed up the bestseller list on Amazon. But it didn't stop there. The New York Times was doing an article on underdog books, and my book was mentioned, Spiritual Marketing, which caused even more of a rush of people wanting this, this little book by this guy who never wanted to publish it. Then a publisher, a big publisher in New York called me and said, we hear about you, we hear about your platform, you're getting lots of attention, publicity, we, we want to republish your book, Spiritual Marketing, but we don't like the title, we want to change it. And I was a little resistant, but I was also naive, this was all new to me. And so I said, sure, and we brainstormed, and I came up with the attractor factor. The attractor factor, for those who know my work, know that that's my hands down number one bestseller. Still is today after all these well, couple decades at this point. Story doesn't stop there because a woman in Australia called me and said, I read your book, The Attractor Factor. I'm a TV producer and I'm thinking of making a movie about the law of attraction. And I was wondering if you would be in it. And I almost said no, because I was getting phone calls from people who had big dreams and ideas, but they didn't have any follow through. They didn't do anything. But I was <laughs> polite and said, sure, if you get it together, give me a call and I'll be in your movie. And of course, I had never been in a movie. I barely had been on television for some of my other work. But I said yes. And of course, that movie ended up being The Secret. And The Secret shot me into outer space in terms mm -hmm. of new fame and new followings and new deals. All of that came from Bob Proctor liking me and endorsing my book before I was ready to do it. Isn't this is how much the man has influenced me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I was reading some background material on Bob Proctor and he was a high school dropout. <laughs> he was. And right. at the age of 27, he turned around and he started reading uh, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. All right. of the books that you have talked to us about. He, he read those and right. it totally changed his life. You change the way you think, you change your life. Well, that was his stance till the day he died. And in fact, part of me can't believe that he's gone because he was still working. He was 87 years old, about to be 88 years old, and he's still on stages. He's still cranking out books. In fact, I went and got his two latest books. They had just come out, uh, 12 Power Principles for Success and Change Your Paradigm, Change Your Life. So it's hard for me to believe that the man's gone because he was working right up till his last breath. Wow. And why was he doing this? He said that there is no finish line when it comes to self-improvement. There's no finish line. You don't just read a book and you're done. In terms of thinking grow rich, I think he read it beginning in the 1960s, 1967 or so. And I swear, he said he read it every day. 
he would just pick it up and read more of it every day. And one of the things he was known for, he was a very, because of his tough love approach, he could be very in your face. <laughs> and so he would, he would ask you, have you read Think and Grow Rich? And if you said yes, have you reread it? And have you applied it? Because it was all about self-improvement. It was all about self-study. And I can give you another example, because he asked the same things of me when we met. And in fact, when I flew there, he asked me if I flew first class. And I said, no, first class was preposterous to me. I had barely left homelessness and poverty. First class was not in my, not even, it was incomprehensible. I can't find the words to describe. So when he asked me if I'm flying first class, of course not. You know, what a dumb question. And he pushed. He's like, you have to fly first class. And for him, it was not about first class. It was about the mentality that you had to have to accept that you were worthy to fly first class. It probably took me two years to finally fly first class. And every time I get on a plane, I kept thinking of what Bob Proctor said. You know, you got to fly first class. This is going to trigger your new prosperity. This is going to be a vote for abundance. And I wouldn't do it because I still had both feet in scarcity. And I remember that he pushed, he, every time he talked to me about it, uh, he kept asking if I had done it. And I did a tribute to him just a week ago with Dennis Waitley and Marie Diamond. And Marie Diamond said the same thing. She met him for the first time. And one of his questions was, how did you fly here? And she said, <laughs> coach. And he said, you have to fly first class when you go back. This is the kind of tough love in your face approach. And he did it with the book that you're talking about. He could barely read when he picked up Thick and Grow Rich. It was difficult. He could read, but he can barely read and comprehend because of his lack of formal education. Right. But because he persisted, that became the book that was on his desk all the time. And he talked about all the time. The other book, and I'm sure you know this from your research, was the famous book from 1910, Wallace Waddle's book, The Science of Getting Rich, which Bob turned that into the seminar I went to in Denver in 99 and created programs and everything around it. But he studied that book. He memorized the lines in that book. And I recently reread both books, Thinking Real Rich and the Wallace Waddle's book, and was amazed that the wisdom of the universe is right here in these two books. If we just pause, read it, absorb it, reread it, and maintain it. Wow. That is fantastic. You know, that's what everybody needs to hear right now in this time, this date, everything, because truly it's not about something outside of us. It's about us being able to accomplish what we want to accomplish. We can't let anything else stop it. Nothing can. It's up to us. Bob really got on his soapbox about that. And I was rereading or reading, I guess, for the first time, these two new books that I just held up. And he was pointing out that our only problem and our only solution is ourself. In other words, I saw an interview with Kevin Hart, the comedian, and he said, people don't get it. Their only problem is you. That's it. You're the only problem. You're also the only solution. And when you really take that in, this is what Bob was saying, that everything that you think is a problem is stemming from you and your judgment of it. 
And everything that you think needs a solution can come from you and your creative faculties. So Bob really would agree. It's like he was living through the pandemic, but he wasn't blaming the pandemic. He was still building his organization, adapting to what he could do. If he couldn't travel, he's doing everything online, much as I've been doing. Zoom has become my friend, <laughs> but he, he has done and I say he has done as if he's still alive because it just feels like he couldn't have stopped, you know, and, and in a many, here's another thing I wanted to say, and pardon me for kind of jumbling around because I'm emotional about this. Yeah. And he was an ally and he was a friend and he was a cheerleader. And the thing that I keep pointing out to people is that he wrote books that inspired people. And I'll be forever grateful that, for that. And everybody should be grateful for that. But here's the thing. He actually did things for people like me. He actually made the phone call, stood on the stage and made the announcement. He and I had actually gone into the studios in Chicago to record spiritual marketing before it got retranslated and reincarnated and became the attractor factor. He actually put his name, his money, his reputation on the line and helped people. He gave a leg up to people, including me, and I'm not the only one. There's other people I heard John Asaroff give credit to him recently saying that that Bob had actually physically helped him. This is different. I want my books to inspire people. But Bob not only wrote books that inspired people, he actually did things to physically help people. Wow. And the other thing I wanted to mention is in one of these books, he's talking about one of the things he learned to do early on is no matter what's happening, you say that's good, no matter what it is. So when I mentioned COVID earlier, and he had said in his book, he was living through COVID, but he's still working. The mentality is that's good. We don't know how it's good. We can make it up. We can do the Viktor Frankl approach and just apply meaning to it to rationalize how it's good. But if we just say that's good to whatever it is, and then do the next thing, choose where we want to go, what we want to create, then we can keep moving forward, which is what Bob was doing till the very end of almost nine decades of life. Gosh, that is so wonderful. You know, we just need to hear this right now. So what I know it feels like Bob's still here. I believe he still is. He's still right. going to be influencing us every single day. He's still going to be a part of our lives through his books, through everything. So we are still going to learn how to think and grow rich. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, this is how his death is good. Because I was thinking about that earlier. I was flipping through one of the new books and I saw that line about it. it it's good. No matter what's going on, you say that's good. And then I thought, well, Bob just died. How's that good? And then I remember thinking, okay, he would say that's good. All right. Bob's passed. That's good. How is it good? And then I started realizing there's a whole world of people who are now hearing his name for the very first time. Oh, my goodness. You're right. And I've seen a lot of people. There's thousands of people when I posted on Facebook and Instagram and all these other places that he passed. You know, the, there was an avalanche of people saying, oh, he influenced me, he changed me. But there were also people who said, I never heard of him. What did he write? And that's what told me that 
his passing is going to elevate his name, his brand, his work to the awareness of the masses. He was in the movie The Secret, of course, and he has a standout role because he's like the grandfather, the grand, yeah. the grand wizard of all the law of attraction teachers. You know, he's sitting there and he's in his suit and he's got his gray hair and everything, and his glasses. And so he looks like the wise elder. And a lot of people heard about him because of that. And he had a huge following because of that. But now with his passing, I think that there's going to be not renewed interest, new interest yeah. in what he's done. One of his most famous books was about you were born rich. It was a New York Times bestseller. It's still in print. People are still buying it. And of course, as I said, these these two books were brand new. They just came out recently. I think this one was only a couple of weeks old. Wow. And so a whole lot of people are going to discover him and learn these techniques and these tools and this way of being in the world. And for that reason, it's good. It really is. It really is. It's like... Um more people are going to know about him. It's his death is sparking a new wave yes. of learning about the law of attraction. Really, for people who don't, because really, didn't he bring out the law of attraction? He did in a very big way. He was one of the people who brought it to the masses. Part of it was because of the movie The Secret. As, as we both know, The Secret made the law of attraction, a new concept now understood by people who didn't even read books. Right. You know, these are the, the people, the average per people of the world. And I mean, literally the world, not just in the United States, because the movie's gone all around the planet and it's still traveling around the planet. Absolutely. And people who don't read books by me or the elders or Wallace Waddles or Napoleon Hill or Bob Proctor can sit in front of their TV and discover this material. And that's why the secret was so wonderful. And because of the secret, people learned about Bob Proctor, me, Jack Canfield, and a whole list of other people. So for those reasons, it's great. But Bob did more than write books. He's got a lot of videos. He's got a lot of audios. I still remember the Science of Getting Rich audio program. He had gifted it to me after being at his event. And I love that basically what he did was he had the book, the famous Wallace Waddles book, The Science of Getting Rich from 1910, and he'd read a paragraph, and then he'd just ad lib and comment on it to make it make sense to people today. Because when you read a book from 1910, there's a little bit of awkward sentence structure and references that may not make any sense today. That would be the same with Think and Grow Rich, because Napoleon Hill wrote that in the 1930s. Yeah. I recently reread it because I was being filmed for a movie about Think and Grow Rich. And I was reading it thinking, well, a person today reading that book might stumble over some of the stories because they'll go, who is he talking about? In 1936 or so, those stories were relevant. In our time, in the next century, almost 100 years later, the stories aren't as relevant. So Baum, though, he brought it up to speed. He brought it so the average person could understand it. That's a great gift for you, me, and, and everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're still tuning up to what he was delivering, what you're still delivering. You know, it's it's really the spiritual message of all time. We can be anything that we choose to be. And we really can. I think Bob was going even further 
than what Napoleon Hill was doing because Napoleon Hill was talking about using your mind. That's why the book's called Think and Grow Rich. It's all about the mind. But as time went on with Bob, I think he went beyond Napoleon Hill. He started quoting Neville, who, you know, we're both big fans of Neville Goddard. And Neville talked about feel it real. And there's references in Bob's most recent work where he talks about not just thinking about what you would like to have, do, or be, but actually feeling what it would be like to already have it which is Nevilleizing. That's what Neville would urge you to do. Instead of thinking about what you want coming down the pike in the future, you think from the end result, you think you already have it. For me as a car guy, I would just close my eyes and imagine that I went for a ride this morning. How'd that feel to go in my hot rod? You know, and as I get into that embodiment, I accelerate the manifestation of it. For, for Napoleon Hill and some of the early writers, they would just have you think and maybe visualize, which are good. That's better than being a victim and not doing anything. But what Neville was doing and Bob Proctor was reiterating, and what I'm teaching, is that whatever it is that you want to have, do, or be, imagine you already have it. So that, that means feeling it as if yes. you've already be there. You're yes. experiencing that car. Yes. You're yes. experiencing driving it or the romance that you're looking for with somebody wanting oh, yeah. a soulmate oh, or yeah. the home that somebody is looking for. You wake up in the home, you know, you wake up beside your soulmate. Uh, you go for a drive in your car or you did it yesterday. And now you're still feeling the, the memory and the great vibes. And that's another thing that I liked about bomb. He pointed out that the law of attraction wasn't just about thinking. It was deeper than that. It's really the law of vibration. And so he was saying people mistake the law of attraction because they assume, oh, the law of attraction is if I think it, I will attract it, which is a very basic scaled down, you know, working definition. But what Bob Proctor was pointing out is actually it's the law of vibration. It's how you're feeling that you're attracting. And the feeling may have a lot to do with thinking, but if you want to bypass all of the limitations, what he pointed out is whatever it is that you want, just imagine you already have it, which is a Neville concept. In fact, I think it was this book, 12 Power Principles for Success, one of the new ones. I started reading the very first paragraph and I loved it because he said, and I, and I want everybody that's listening or watching to do this. You wake up in your bed And at the foot of your bed is a giant box. It's a box of gifts. And you unwrap it. And inside of it is everything you've been wanting. The keys to your new car are there. The keys to your mansion is there. The phone number of your soulmate is there. Whatever it is for you, I'm just making up and ad-libbing some things. But I love the concept of, oh, I'm laying in bed and I wake up. And there's a box at the foot of the bed. I don't know where it came from. The divine dropped it off. Santa dropped it off, whoever. And I open it up and there's all the stuff that I've been wanting. And what's cool, and you can tell that I'm smiling. I'm feeling a little bit more higher vibration as I just play with this idea. You start to imagine you already have it. The box has been delivered. Instead of thinking, oh, I can't wait to get the box or the car or the soulmate or the better health or the house or the new job or more money. And it's all off in a distance. No, today it was in the box at the foot of your bed and you opened it up. How does that feel? And the whole point from a Bob Proctor standpoint is your vibration 
is going to be elevated just by playing with that little box at the foot of the bed kind of scenario, which is how he opened this 12 Power Principles book. And I so loved it. It's so Bob. <laughs> it's so Bob. This is wonderful because it's giving us uh, some truly great things to think about every yes. single day. It's up to us to put that box and to open it up. But we don't open it up. We just feel the lack. We've got to stop that. We've got to get in tune with the powers that be. And that's the power that we keep on ignoring. Mm. But it's there. It was, it was there since we were born. And that's why one of Bob's books was called You Were Born Rich. It's, <laughs> you came in with it. You just didn't know it. And nobody to told it to you or pointed it out. Bob Proctor did. He did it through his books. He did it through his speaking engagements. He did it. I want to tell you a quick story. This is one of the highlights of my career. The largest audience I ever spoke to, live audience, because I was on Larry King, and I don't know how many people watch that, but the largest live audience I've ever was in front of was in Lima, Peru, and there were 20,000 people. Oh it was an goodness. outdoor arena. It was a mob. There was buses there. I had a police escort. I had an entourage. I had a bodyguard. I had a translator. It was It was huge. <laughs> And I was the only speaker outside of one other person. And it was Bob Proctor. <sighs> Bob Proctor and I were the two sole speakers that day. And it's a highlight of my career because I'm getting tears in my eyes. If, if you could imagine for a, a guy broke, unknown, struggling, homeless, in poverty, barely crawling past all of that in 99, I meet this guy who's Bob Proctor who does a few things that are turning points in my life and my whole life redirects. Not only does it redirect, I get a level of fame and fortune. I never imagined what happened. I just wanted to be a published author. I didn't know all this other stuff would show up. And then to end up in Peru on stage with the very man who, who pushed the leverage button and got me to be activated, so to speak. This is huge. This is historic. And I want to add something. When I went to that event in Peru, I arrived three days early because I wanted to rest. I wanted to be hydrated. I wanted to be my best so I can give a peak performance. And I had timed it that I would leave a few days after so I can recover after my talk. Mm -hmm. Not Bob Proctor. <laughs> Bob Proctor arrived from Toronto to Peru. Oh, my God. Same day. He got off the plane. He went to the event, gave his, his presentation total energy off the charts, never messed up his hair, never broke a sweat, all in his three-piece suit, you know, and his glasses and everything. And the next morning I had breakfast with him and he got on a plane and flew back to Toronto. The Man was superhuman. And I think part of what he was doing was he was doing what he loved. When you do what you love, things you still have work to do. He still had to get on a plane. He still had to get on stage. He was still writing books, still speaking, doing all of what was work for him. But it wasn't work in the way that most people think of it. It was more of a joyful expression of his life mission. Exactly. And I think when we all tune into that, yeah. it's, it's easier. It's profitable. It's healthier. It's happier. We're simply, we're already doing what we love. So we're not doing it to get something. 
we're doing it because that's the expression of who we are. And I'm inviting people that are watching to take a lesson from Bomb and to look within to be sure you are doing what you love. And if you're not, find out what it is that you love and start moving in that direction. It's good. It's good. No matter what it is, it's good. Right? <laughs> right, right. You have to change your mind to see it's good no matter what. Yeah. And that's what he that is a very, very important message for all of us. There's wow. so many of them. I, I feel lacking in terms of giving him the tribute and the respect that he deserves. Somebody that could write his biography should be doing this. I'm flattered that you asked me to say a few words because I do have some stories and I do have my gratitude that I want to express. But Bob was bigger than what I could I could say. He was bigger. His mission was bigger. His impact is bigger. And I feel, you know, incomplete and lacking in being able to fully acknowledge him. But my goodness, you knew him on a personal basis. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Oh, you're so lucky. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to express this because, you know, we're, it's going to be years and years. As you said, he's coming back up to the surface here and we're going to be finding out a lot more and we need that. We do. It, he's, his empire is still alive and well, and will be run for a long time to come. So he has his legacy and all the books, including the two new ones I've held up, they're all available. His audios are available. The videos are available. So the man's wisdom is available for all of us. We may not be able to go up and hug him or shake his hands, but because of the pandemic, we couldn't do it anyway. So I would say go and drink from the fountain of wisdom that he has left for all of us. And may I just add to all the listeners and watchers, do the same because Joe Vitale, he's my favorite for a reason. Oh, <laughs> he's got everything. I've learned so much from him. He's such a blessing to us. So, Joe, thank you. You're wonderful. Thank and you. Thank you for helping me with this tribute because, you know, what they say, it takes one to know one. You knew one. He right. was fabulous. And you're the same thing. So thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Godspeed to everybody. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.